Hello, this is the World Economic News by Coldwater Economics for Tuesday the 18th of August. Today's mid-August dearth of data was even more extreme than yesterday's. In Asia, we had trade and current account numbers from Indonesia, and in the US, housing starts and building permits. I'm not going to spend your time on the US housing market data because I think I covered that yesterday. It was surprising that July's strength was itself surprising to consensus, with building permits up 18.8% month-on-month and housing starts up 22.6%. Just yesterday, the NAHB Housing Market Index hit its highest point in its 35-year history. Stands to reason, then, that housing starts and building permits are going to be on a burn. Rather, if the world gives you Indonesian data, make Indonesian commentary. Indonesia's trade position continues to improve, with July's numbers showing a surplus of 3.26 billion, which was the largest monthly surplus Indonesia's had since August 2011. It was a mixture of continuing recovery in exports, down 9.9% on the year, but with a monthly movement 0.6 standard deviations above trend, whilst imports fell 32.6% year-on-year and were 1.1 standard deviations below trend. I'm not too worried about that fall in imports because whilst the last three months have been extremely volatile on month-on-month terms, down 1.9 standard deviations, up 2.1 standard deviations, and now down another 1.1, the six-month trend line is down only 0.3 standard deviations, while exports are almost exactly conforming on a six-month trend. The point is, July was Indonesia's third substantial trade surplus in a row, with the three-month surplus coming in now at 6.53 billion US dollars. The pandemic then has resulted in a sharply improved trade position for Indonesia, as it has for other perennially challenged deficit countries. And that's also showing up in the current account balance, where the deficit shrank by $5.232 billion on the year to just $2.90 billion in the second quarter. And that's the smallest quarterly deficit since the first quarter of 2017. Uh, the deficit was the equivalent of only 1.2% of GDP and cut the 12-month deficit to only 2% of GDP. There's more. By my, my calculations, Indonesia was running a private sector savings deficit equivalent to 0.7% of GDP in the 12 months to March. And unless the government has run a surplus in the second quarter, which seems extremely unlikely, the improvement in the current account balance alone signals it already has broken into savings surplus. And that ought to be good for Indonesia's bond yields and currency. Overall, of course, Indonesia is being hit hard by the pandemic. In nominal terms, second quarter was down 7% year-on-year, with private consumption down 3.6, government consumption down 7.7, and gross fixed capital formation down 8.4. In past times, this would be expected to generate a full-blown crisis of financial confidence. But Indonesia's financial foundations currently don't look under threat. Indeed, its private sector probably is running marginally positive cash flows. Which is to say, when the brown stuff hits the fan, there is a real advantage in having someone as competent and as able as Srimulyani Indrawati running a nation's finances. I'm a big fan. Well, that's all for today. Thank you for listening. And if you got something out of it, 
And uh, my guess is, unless you're really interested in Indonesia, you probably didn't. Nevertheless, you still might help spread the word about the bulletin by recommending it to your colleagues. If you'd like to know more about cold water economics, please feel free to contact me, Michael Taylor, on mjtcoldwater at fastmail.com. Thank you.